Hey there, uh, it's, this is the show gun on the SNW experience, and on today's episode, I will be discussing the WWE stable known as the League of Nations or the League of Jobbers, which is what they could have been called because they were built solely to job out to Roman Reigns. Man, they were a foil to the good guy on his rise to the main event of WrestleMania. I'm going to talk about them from conception all the way to their disbanding. So basically from 2015 in December all the way to April of wait a minute, 2016, yeah. If I sound low energy right about now, it's because I just woke up and I just, you know, finished this down. So, yeah, I mean, just finished putting the touches on this, so. This is the SNW Experience, episode on League of Nations, and here we go. out of like one of those like I heard that sticking your face in ice cold water like really wakes you up and you know helps you get over hangovers and shit I don't have a hangover but I just really needed to wake up for a sec you know so I can do this proper so I'm not falling asleep halfway through so here we are back on the SNW experience and I promised that I would do an episode on the League of Jobbers I mean the League of Nations we are the League of Nations Okay, I'm gonna do that. Seamus, Alberto the Real, Rusev, and Wade Barrett. Oh, scratch that. King Barrett. Well, guys, this could have been an awesome idea. You know, bringing all these guys together, all these different nationalities, to form this heel stable to keep Seamus' WWE title around his waist and also win gold in WWE. This could have been amazing. You know, this. This should have been a dominant force, you know? Like, not the shield, but like a new... Hell, not even a new anything. This could have been just like the video game, you know? Where it was Wade Barrett, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, and William Regal coming together to form the United Kingdoms. It could have been that, and it should have been that. But, like the man once said, I'm afraid I've got some... Bad news for you. It wasn't. In fact, it was far from that. This was a group specifically designed to job out to Roman Reigns. It was just so he could have, uh, he could look dominant on his way to the Royal Rumble. Hmm. All right. This is, I haven't researched anything. This is just from what I've seen. They were formed after Survivor Series. After Seamus cashed in his money in the bank to, mm, to beat Roman Reigns and Survivor Series in 5 minutes 15 seconds, thus leading to the Sheamus 515 shirt. It could have been good. 
you know, it's like a, it's an homage to Steve Austin and Owen Hart, like that, uh, that Owen, that one shirt, like, they made of Owen Hart, which is actually kind of, reminds you of a bad thing, because at that one time, Owen Hart broke Steve Austin's neck, like, he didn't mean to, it was an accident, in the end, like, you know, he was, he was, he, like, according to Bret Hart, he was upset about it, man, and, like, he hated that he'd made a mistake and injured a fellow wrestler because it was a big deal. You know, like, Brett, like Owen and Brett and the entire Hart family, they never went into a match with the intention to harm anybody. And if they did, they, like, regretted it because it meant that they didn't do their job. Or at least they did their job poorly, and it was a big deal, man. Like, the Hearts were pretty big on that. So, yeah, like, Owen Hart had this shirt that said, uh, I broke your neck. Like, like, you know, Austin had that Austin 316 says, I just whipped your ass. And he had like, I think it was like Hart 316 said, uh, I just broke your neck. So, yeah, Seamus had like, Seamus 515 says, I just kicked your ass. You know, like, that could have been cool, you know. He could have had that. That could have been his thing, man. That could have been Seamus' thing. Seamus needed a catchphrase. Oh, he doesn't need a catchphrase. But that could have been his catchphrase. Seamus 515 says, I just kicked your arse. That could have been his thing, you know? But it was a one-off, purely for the whole Roman thing. And it seemed like Roman would... Okay, Roman was do a rematch at TLC, and it seems like he would get that. <clears throat> you know? He would get his rematch, he would like, get his hands on Seamus, whoop him, and move on to bigger and better things. Get his revenge and move on. But prior to that, Seamus formed a little pact with former enemies, mind you. His former enemy, Rusev, another former enemy, a former nemesis, technically, because they feuded for the World Heavyweight title for, like, months, which felt like years, in Alberto Rio. Oh, Alberto Huderil. Yeah, I really don't want to promote that guy anymore. Shit. Though I may not wish to promote the, let's say, outside of the ring activity of Juan Alberto Del Rio, I still have to mention, oh, okay, fuck it, I'll mention it anyway. I don't want to, but like, he was in the League of Nations and he was a huge part of it. He was the United States champion. Well, wait, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, first, I'm, I'm basically going to lay out this entire episode. I'm going to talk about what could have been. I'm going to talk, and then I'm going to mention what was. Alright, so this is it. With Alberto Del Rio, what could have been, if he was Alberto, he had come back, he beat John Cena, and, you know, for a while, I think it was with Zeb Coulter for a while. Yeah, 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 he was with Zeb Coulter. They were like, the, they, were the, they had some kind of Mex-American thing, you know, where the flag was one half U.S., the other half was Mexican. It was weird to see a guy like Zeb Coulter, this, like, I don't know, dude with this 1800s mustache and, you know, previously allied with Zack Swagger now. Actually, he was previously allied with Zack Swagger against Del Rio, of all people. To now see him allied with Del Rio against Swagger was weird. But, you know, moving past all that, you know, uh, Del Rio beat John Cena. He was a surprise uh, opponent part of Cena's open challenge, you know, that thing he used to do when he was U.S. champ. Yeah, he beat Cena, and then, 
surely that's a huge I mean that's a huge amount of momentum to give somebody you, in your first match back you beat John Cena win the US title I mean that's huge but no he just he didn't really do much after I mean sure the swagger feud wasn't bad it was good and told it it made sense that he would collide with Zack Swagger because well he was with Zeb now and they had their chairs match which he won because he still had the title afterwards yeah <clears throat> Moving on. So, uh, yeah, 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 TLC. Alright, that's when the group came together. Uh, before I get there, I'm gonna go back to talk about the other members of, well, of the Evigan Nations. Wade Barrett and Rusev. You see, around about that time, I, uh, prior to all this, Rusev was the one feuding with John Cena. Because he was United States Champion, he won the belt. I think uh, the year before that, because League of Nations was 2015 when they first... No, no, no. League of Nations first formed in 2015. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In 2015, and Rusev won the title, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The previous year, like late 2014, from Sheamus, I believe. So he won the title, defended for a while, was this dominant dude, you know, this seemingly unbeatable heel who had never lost the match on pay-per-view until he ran into John Cena. You know, then he definitely lost the title, lost his subsequent rematches, which included a Russian chain match. So yeah, that was it for him. And he sort of, um, I don't know, I don't want to say he just sort of drifted, but he kind of did, man. He sort of bounced around the card for a bit. There was that nonsense feud with Dolph Ziggler and the whole Ziggler-Lana Rusev tri- love triangle, which then became a love square when Summer Rae, of all people, was added to it. And just, ugh, whatever, man. I don't know if that was 2015 or 2016, but that was definitely at some point in the year. A very low point in the year. Goddamn. So, yeah, until TLC, when he joined up with the League of Nations, my history's a little fuzzy around that. But, yeah, I think that's what happened. Wade Barrett, um, WrestleMania 31, where Rusev lost his title to John Cena, he lost his IC title to Daniel Bryan in a ladder match that featured R-Truth, Dean Ambrose, Daniel Bryan, Wade Barrett, Dolph Ziggler, and Stardust. Dude would later go on to team with Stardust at SummerSlam and um, take on the team of Stephen Amell and Neville. Basically, green and red arrow. <laughs> Get it? Because Neville has a finishing move called the red arrow. And Stephen Amell plays green arrow. Yeah. WWE thought that was funny, too. It wasn't, but semantics. Uh, and he sort of just floated a bit. That's a common theme right there. This guy was... Oh, yeah, he was doing something until WrestleMania. And then he just sort of floated around a bit. Yeah, that was their thing prior to joining the league. They were just sort of drifting until... Yeah, this gave them, well, a purpose. They were united in their, like, a cause to destroy Roman Reigns, I guess. Because I think every one of them, at some point, had in, in, encountered Roman Reigns. And at some point, they'd been beaten by Reigns. So, I mean, not just... Some of them, not just Reigns. Because Wade Barrett encountered Reigns back when he was with the Shield. And Rusev also encountered Reigns, I think. Wait, 
I think they fought at SummerSlam, perhaps. Yeah, maybe. Well, I'm not entirely sure, but maybe. No, 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 no. Wait. Yeah, 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 yeah. This was not it. That was the following year. Crap. Rusev fought Reigns the following year at SummerSlam. I'm getting my dates mixed up. But, so, whatever, yeah. TLC, the event itself. That was what could have been. I'm going to get on to what could have been. What could have been is, these guys, well, they... They show up at TLC, they attack Roman, they help Sheamus retain, and they move on to be this dominant force, you know. Sheamus is the champ, Del Rio wins the United States Championship, which he did, and Rusev and Wade Barrett win the tag titles. That could have been good. That could have been great. They could have been, I'm not calling them New World Order or anything, but, you know, they could have been more than what they were. I mean, I'm not saying I'd book it better. I'm just... Oh, I'm not saying that. I'm pretty sure Adam Blompier on his Parts Fun Known podcast could have booked it better. Is it a podcast? No, it's not a podcast. It's a show. Crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parts Fun Known show. It's on YouTube. Check it out. He could have booked it better. But, um... Still, that was what could have been. I mean, they could have had some awesome matches with the likes of the Wyatt family or, I don't know, Roman Reigns and... The Usos or the New Day. They did have a match with the New Day. And I think they did have a match with the Wyatts at some point. But it never really... It wasn't like a full-on feud with them other teams. And this this is what could have been, man. Even after Sheamus lost the title, they still could have been something. You know, like... They still could have done some stuff. They could have stayed together. But... Okay. Now, on to what is... What, what, well, not what is, but basically what was with the League of Nations. What happened is at TLC, yes, Sheamus retained his WWE Championship, and you know he he beat Roman Reigns fair and square. Yeah, he beat him fair and square. Ah, uh, oh, damn. Okay, I'm gonna scratch that. I'm gonna read straight from the Wikipedia page because. I can't remember this group. I wanted to talk about this group because I feel like I had a lot to say because there was a lot of potential that they never capitalized on. But instead, I'm going to read from the Wikipedia page and then I'm going to tell you what I think. See, Survivor Series, November 22, 2015. Sheamus won the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, cashing in Money in the Bank contract on Roman Reigns. Another thing, when he had that Money in the Bank briefcase, I don't think he ever really won any matches. Like, any like serious matches. I mean, he won... His match against Randy Orton at SummerSlam, but you know, again, that was Sheamus versus Randy Orton at SummerSlam. Again, again. I mean, not again, again. Like it happened three times, but it's like, dude, it's happened before. We've seen this match before. I mean, then it was for the WWE title, but we have definitely seen this match before. Oh man. So yeah, Sheamus. With the money in the bank. Back then, the guy who wins the money in the bank doesn't win matches. It's like, if you won the money in the bank, you were going to lose every single match you had until you cashed in. And even then, there was no guarantee that you'd win. I don't know. It's, it's, it was a weird thing, the money in the bank. But I liked that money in the bank briefcase. It was all gold. And it looked amazing. Now it's just green. It looks like a toy or a lunchbox. It looks like a lunchbox. I mean, it practically was a lunchbox before this, but now it really looks like a lunchbox. 
and it doesn't help that Otis made an actual Money in the Bank lunchbox. So, yeah, that's screwed up. Sheesh. Enough about Money in the Bank. I mean, move on to, ooh, enough about Money in the Bank. Now to talk about the damn League of Nations. Yeah, interrupted by, yeah, the Sheamus had a rematch on Raw, the November 30 episode of Raw for the title. But he was then interrupted by Alberto Del Rio, with Barrett, and Rusev. Also, it wasn't TLC. It was that episode of Raw where they all jumped him. They announced that, that all four wrestlers born outside the United States had formed the League of Nations. Their first match was against the New Day. Yeah, who was then tag team champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And hmm, then tag team teaming with champions. The New Day. Ugh. Reigns, Dean Ambrose, and the Usos in a 7-on-4 handicap match. Oh. Wait, wait. They beat Reigns, the Usos, and the New Day in a 7-on-4 handicap match. Okay. That works. That, that that does make them look cool. On the December 3 episode of SmackDown, this is where shit goes wrong. Where this starts to go wrong. On the December 3 episode of SmackDown, the entire League of Nations lost to Roman Reigns via count out on the four-on-one handicap match me event and that is a problem right there four guys lost to one guy even if it's via count out dude four guys lost to one dude if you look weak this four-on-one in a four-on-one handicap match you you look weak if you all get beat by one dude even if it's by count out dude just ugh then they were involved in a 16-man Fatal 4-Way Elimination Tag Team match on the following episode of Raw, involving the Wyatt family, the ECW Originals, and the team of Reigns, Ambrose, and the Usos. This match ended when Reigns pinned Sheamus. Another notch, for, one more for the Reigns, one away from the New Day. I mean, not New Day, the League of Nations. This is not good, okay? This ain't good booking. You want a group to seem dominant, book them dominantly. For starters, that four-on-one handicap match, if you wanted them to beat up Reigns but not have Reigns lose, then screw it, have them be DQ'd. Have one of them just say, you know what, screw this, and just beat the crap out of Reigns like a chair or something. They, they don't have to defeat Reigns. Reigns can win by a DQ, but... Still, they do need to beat him up. They still need to look strong. And that four-way match, I saw that. It was originally the League of Nations standing in the ring and talking. Then the Wyatts came out. The fuck? The Strowman, Harper, Rowan, and Bray, they all came out and they were talking like, this is my world. He's like, I don't care about your nations or whatever it is. But you, know, you need to remember, like, you're in my world, man. And we, it seemed like we were going to have, you know... Fucking heels versus heels right here. That would have been cool. That would have been really interesting to have that fucking battle. You know, the Wyatt family versus League of Nations. Yeah. But, uh, alas, it was not meant to be. And you see, then, but then the, the Dudleys came out with Tommy Dreamer. And it was like three and they were like, hey. Hey man, I don't care. Hey man, don't you like see the? You're outnumbered. There's four of us and there's three of you. Like, oh, we didn't come alone. Out came Rhino. They're like, oh, Team Extreme. It's gonna be like Team Extreme. We're gonna go up against the Wyatts and League of Nations. But then let's add more to this already stacked 
fucking teeter-tottering pile of a match and throw in Dean Ambrose, Reigns, and the Usos in a fatal four-way tag match for nothing, really. Yeah, think about it. I'll think about it. That didn't, that didn't go anywhere. What was the point of all that? What was the point of having all four teams in one match when you could just split the thing and have two teams fight two other teams? You could add the damn... The League of Nations battling Reigns and the Usos and Ambrose. And you had the the Wyatts battling Team Extreme. You know, that would have been something. Wait, no, no, no. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they're called Team Extreme. But whatever. Dudleys, Tommy Dreamer, and Rhino. So, yeah. You could have had that instead of this crazy hodgepodge. What was that, anyway? <sighs> anyway... So, TLC, uh, Roman Reigns beat thing, moved on with his, no way, TLC Sheamus beat, won the title, he retained in a TLC match, clean actually, and then Roman Reigns hated the outcome, so Triple H, so he lost it, come on, Reigns lost it, beat up everybody, then went to town on Triple H with a chair, and put him to the table, just beat him bad, and he was this guy's be bad now. So people loved it. They were cheering for this dude. For the first time, I think, all year, they were cheering for Reigns. They loved this new badass attitude. The big dog was now a bad dog. Yeah. Look at that, man. This is going to be cool. If he can just maintain this badass attitude, we'll be cheering him all the way to WrestleMania. <sighs> what happened? Oh, yeah. The very next night on Raw. <clears throat> Very next night on Raw, Sheamus would lose the title back to Reigns, ending his reign at 22 days. <sighs> oh well, it was a good while it lasted. He would then get another shot at January 4, 2016 episode of Raw with Vince McMahon as the special guest referee. Which is kind of funny though, because like Vince did all this crazy stuff. Like when Reigns would count, he'd count like slowly, and when Seamus and Khan, he tried to count really fast, and then when, like, Reigns tried to count again, he like, oh, man, he, he acted like he dropped a contact lens and couldn't count. Oh, man, this shit was good. It led to, like, Reigns punching him with the Superman punch and, like, winning the belt anyway, and it was cool. People loved it, man. Oh, shit. Del Rio lost the United States title to, Ka this is the beginning of the end, really. Del Rio lost his title to Kalisto. Why? Seriously, why? It, it, it reeks. This reeks of let's try and make this other this guy like the new Rey Mysterio because Rey Mysterio is not around. <sighs> it's just it didn't make sense. I mean, he won it back, but still, and then he lost it again. This fucking guy, man. Whatever, he, Rusev, and Sheamus participated in the Royal Rumble match, but were all eliminated by Reigns. Yep. And with that Royal Rumble match, Reigns, like, he made it all the way to, like, the Final Four, before Triple H, who he had beaten to a pulp at, like, TLC, returned, eliminated him, and became WWE Champion. Yeah! <laughs> Uh, at Fastlane, the League of Nations entered a feud with the New Day. The New Day, who'd become fan favorites since they'd been paired together in December, they mocked the League of Nations in skits, calling them the League of Booty. 
Sheamus and Barrett, they challenged the Biggie and Kofi Kingston to a title match at Roadblock. Del Rio and Rusev were defeated by Biggie in another title match the following night on Raw. Then all four dudes attacked the new death match. This could have been what restarted League of Nations. They could have beaten New Day for the titles at WrestleMania. However, I mean, hey, they didn't. Even, they did challenge the New Day to WrestleMania, and they did win. But that match was not for the titles. What the fuck? How do you have the tag team champions wrestling at WrestleMania, and it's not for the titles? What the hell? That is just, dude. And the match, they won, and the match, well, after the match, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Shawn Michaels and Mick Foley came out. But, okay, they came out and they beat up the League of Nations. Yay! Two guys who've been retired for, like, over five years came out of the woodwork and beat up the guys who are here all day, every day. Cool. Yeah, I mean, dude took Mr. Sacco I don't remember who took this out, but I remember there was a funny bit afterwards where Steve Austin, actually Xavier Woods tried to like get Steve Austin to dance, and it looked like he was going along with it, but then like, yeah, it looked like he was going to go along with it for a bit, but then he like turned it into a stutter, like, oh shit, hey, that was good, but I have to admit, that was funny. Oh, damn shame, though, man. Damn shame it came at the expense of the League of Nations, though. But still, moving on. On the following episode of Raw, the League of Nations singled out Barrett as the weak link. They attacked him and they ejected him from the group. Before the rest of the group was then attacked by the Wyatt family. See, this was Wade Barrett's last appearance prior to his release from the company in May. Yeah, see, because, well, he didn't want to do this anymore. and He was on his way out, so... They figured let's write him out by having his group call him the weak link, beat him up, and then eject him from the group, you know? Oh, that's... Best of luck on your future endeavors. That's the WWE for you. In their final appearance, the group competed in a six-man tag match against Cesaro, Kalisto, and Sami Zayn on the April 28th. <clears throat> yeah, on the April 28th episode of SmackDown, but Del Rio and Rusev walked out during the match, and Sheamus did the same, confronted Del Rio and Rusev during a brawl and disbanded the League of Nations. Yeah, Del Rio also confirmed in an interview that the group had disbanded, stating, we as a group, I'm just kidding, I'm sorry, I'm not doing that, he's like, we as a group have never worked very well, so we decided that it's better to separate. Yeah. Writer Stephen Kahn, where is Steve Kahn? wrote on the league's purpose for existing in December 2015, stating, You can rightfully complain about the League of Nations losing to one guy on the second night as a team, but we all know they don't really matter. They exist to get Roman Reigns over. And that is the problem. That Roman Reigns was being booked like he was Steve Austin. That, that was one of the mistakes WWE made with Roman Reigns in the early days. They kept booking him like he was someone else. Dude, stop booking Roman Reigns like he's the next John Cena. Stop booking him like he's the next Stone Cold or the next Daniel Bryan. Let him be Roman Reigns. That's what's working now. If they did this shit back then, if they just let dude, you know, do his thing, I mean, who knows where he'd be right now? Who knows where he'd be? So, yeah. These guys, Roman Reigns was essentially Steve Austin. McMahon was McMahon. 
the League of Nations was basically the corporation, a group for, you know, at least the corporation presented like a, a legitimate threat. You know, they were a roadblock on Steve Austin's path to becoming champion. Reigns had already become champion. He became champion Survivor Series. So, dude, this wasn't even, it wasn't even a case like I need to like beat these guys to become champion or I, I need this title. It was a case of like, yo, I'm, this dude cashed in on me. You know, beat me in the middle of the ring, and I can't take. And then beat me again the following month, and I can't deal with that result. Uh, that's what it came off as to me, anyway. But yeah, they existed solely to get Roman Reigns over, much like the corporation. They existed solely to provide an obstacle for Steve Austin on his road to WrestleMania. ProWrestling.net writer Hayden Gleed criticized how WWE squandered the four men's combined potential and still never explained why the League of Nations had formed. While noting they had become bad guys for hire, uh, man, it just, uh, they'd become bad guys for hire who never accomplished their task instead of a credible threat. Yeah, they were essentially, you know, the lackeys in the action movie that the bad guy sends out to fight the good guy. They get their asses kicked, that was like one move. There's a ton of them. But the bad, the good guy always seems to overcome. Yeah, they were that guy, man. They were fodder, basically. So, like pro wrestling torch writer Greg Parks said a pretty apt description of this. He said somehow most of them are less over than when the group was created. They're in a worse place after League of Nations than they were before League of Nations. Damn. Uh, even the members in the League of Nations didn't like this shit. Seamus stated that he felt stuck in a rut for the first time in his career when he was part of the League of Nations, which he said was set up to make Roman Reigns a babyface, and shortly after his departure, Barrett said that the stable was merely a foil for Roman Reigns. Ish. And according to sports journalist Dave Meltzer, their faction wasn't a success. I mean, damn. And along with, like, putting him with Zeb Coulter, Del Rio had a less prominent role on screen because, you know, his high-profile feud with John Cena, which was seemingly set up after he beat Cena at Hell in a Cell and seemed to be set up when Cena returned around around the time for the Royal Rumble, was pushed to one side in favor of this whole, hey, let's make Roman Reigns look strong by looking weak as fuck. You know, damn. Poor reception was also worked into a 2016 in-character interview with Rusev. So that's a good thing that came out of it. You know, Rusev said, like, this faction was a bad idea and he was thrown off during his time in it. And during an interview in 2016, Rusev said that, theoretically, on paper, and I agree with this, it could have been the best faction in history, but they were ne they never had a chance. They were punching back for Roman Reigns. Which, okay, now this is a positive. These guys were foils of Roman Reigns. They were punching bear for Roman Reigns. They were made to make Roman Reigns look good. The good thing out of all this is that they did that. They did a pretty good job of it, man. They built him up. He went on to win the title, and they did their job. They basically suffered for doing exactly what they had to do. That was their shtick, man. They were never going to be, like, the Hart Foundation or whatever. That was never the idea. WWE doesn't really do stables anymore. This group could have been something. I mean, it's just a squandered, you know, thing. It's like the Nexus. The Nexus came in. They were fucking, like, dangerous, man. They were they tearing apart rings. They were beating up commentators and wrestlers and shit. They were, the, they were bad news. And 
then they lost to one dude at SummerSlam. I get that they were it was like a five on five match. Wait, five on five? I think it was five on five match at SummerSlam. But in the end, it was three guys versus John Cena, and those three guys got beat by John Cena very quickly. So yeah, and Wade Barrett was one of those guys, so he knows a lot about like, you know, squandered potential and shit. And he didn't squander that. They were just booked, like the, they were just booked poorly. Thing is, with the Nexus, it wasn't just bad booking; it was bad luck. There were people who got injured, and Daniel Bryan got fired, and you know the group was crippled before they really got off the ground. Yeah, but League of Nations, it was they. Depending on how you look at it, if you look at it like any other stable, you know that was just came together, they were terrible. They did a terrible job at being a stable. But if you look at it as a group that was created for the sole purpose of making Roman Reigns look strong and making him and being a foil to him on his road to facing Triple H at WrestleMania, then they not only they didn't fail, they performed spectacularly, actually. They did what was intended. And if you look at it like that, technically, just maybe League of Nations was actually not a missed opportunity, not a failure, but actually a smashing success. I know that's a pretty glass half full way of look at it, but I'm trying not to be negative, you know. Just I like the idea. The idea was really good. It's just the execution that wasn't to my liking. So yeah, that's my two cents. That's my mini mini rant on League of Nations. Not real rant. I'm not angry or anything. I'm just, you know, I'm happy. I hope someday down the line they do like a League of Nations 2.0, you know. But this time they're good guys, you know. They had, I mean, Wade Barrett's back in NXT. You got Sheamus on Raw. Jinder Mahal's on Raw. And, you know, Drew McIntyre's on Raw. Have them all come together and be like, League of Nations 2.0. Or something new, you know. Or have them be the United Kingdom, you know, like straight from the video game. It could be something. Only this time they're all good guys. So they might actually win. That could be cool. Drew Mack as WWE Champion. Sheamus as the US Champ. Mahal. No, no, no. Mahal is US Champ. Sheamus and. Wait. What did I say? It was Drew McIntyre, Jinder Mahal, Sheamus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Sheamus and Wade Barrett could be tag champs if he comes out of retirement. You know, that could be cool. Oh, shit. Well, that was it. My two cents on Ignatians, and that's that. So, uh, well, that's all I got to say. Peace out, y'all. This has been the Shogun on the SW podcast. No, no, fuck that. That's not what this is. I am the Shogun, and this has been the SW experience. This podcast has been about the League of Nations, and it's brought to you by the good people of Anchor FM, Breaker, Radio Republic, and Spotify. Thank you and good night. I'm kind of all over the. <clears throat> I forgot to mention that Rusev at the Royal Rumble in 2016 grabbed a monitor and announced himself as TV champion and no one really disputed that claim so and he still has the monitor so as of today rusev is the longest reigning 
only reigning, most reigning, and undefeated television champion in WWE history. So, yeah, there's that. And, uh, well, that's about it. What's everyone up to now? Sheamus is on Raw. He might potentially be turning face. I mean, he had a, that one convo with Drew McIntyre. So, yeah. Um, Barrett's an, a commentator in NXT. He teased that he might come out of retirement, but who knows? I mean, he seems pretty good where he's at. You know, he's good. He's like Samoa Joe or... Yeah, he's a lot like Samoa Joe on commentary. They're both really good where they are. And, you know, it would be great to see either of them, you know, step it back in the ring. But, hey, if they don't want to, that's cool either way. They're great on commentary. So, yeah, that was my take on the League of Nations. Oh, well. Yeah. Back then it was Rusev, King Barrett, and Sheamus was Mr. Money in the Bank. Before he became WWE champion, and now it's Miro, Wade Barrett, commentator, and Sheamus is, well, that guy down at the pub. He's even got like his new attire. He's got like suspenders, a vest, and that hat that he wears everywhere. Yeah, <sighs> League of Nations, man. League of Nations. Anyway, so. Peace out. Um, what to say? Oh, I uh, guess I'll end with this bit of from Deadpool. Uh, keep your pants dry, your dreams wet, and remember, hugs, not drugs. <laughs>